In the U.N., nations are signified by flags. There's a seat in the General Assembly for all nations with flags, with anthems, a currency of their own, whether it's worth anything or not. But what if representation in the United Nations meant representation on a definitive map of the world, geography, cities, streets, people, businesses, accurate data, all the who, what, and exactly where that constitutes a modern nation. If there's a blank on the map, then no seat at the table. Look at the Google map of a place like Mali in Africa. Zoom in. It's mostly blank, empty. Even real cities in Africa and places in Central Asia and South America are largely blank, evidence of the map and data inequality in the world. The halves get accuracy down to the street and sidewalk view. How many Starbucks are there in that 10-block radius? Wow, six? The have-nots are just a blur or nothing at all. Is there any fresh water around here? anywhere? As we look at economic inequality this week, we see that poor countries often are hobbled by a lack of census data, accurate streets and landmarks. The data divide makes it impossible to design useful development schemes to attempt to even the playing field. Some of the last censuses that were done in in Africa were in the 1960s, the 1950s. That data just doesn't exist. Later this hour, map poverty, geo-inequality, how being without an accurate map means poor nations can't do much with their seats at the table. How maps mean more than flags in the inequality debate. That's coming up here on The Takeaway. We conclude this hour with our continuing discussion of economic inequality in the world by noting that you can see that divide quite literally if you try to find maps. That's right. A map of Paris, Berlin, and Tokyo, no problem. You got your streets, you got everything. You got businesses, sites to see. But Grozny, Kisangani, Tokmok in Central Asia, or vast areas of Central Haiti, all you find are blanks if you can even find a map at all. This is not just about tourists. The era of big data has changed the field of cartography radically. But in political and economic terms, the value of a good, accurate map has never been more precious. Dave Imus is an artist and a traditional map maker who wants to empower Americans to improve their geographic knowledge by making high-quality maps. And Dale Koontz is senior geospatial engineer at the American Red Cross, part of the Missing Maps Project, which aims to plot complete data on streets, rivers, and other geographical features around the world with the help of a global network of volunteers. Dale says crowdsourcing is one way the developing world can catch up and, quite literally, get on the map. In the last eight months, you know, we've worked really hard to put major cities of Freetown and Monrovia on the map. The cities that if you were to go look at in Google Maps or in Big Maps or OpenStreetMap even before the event, uh, before the Ebola outbreak, they were basically blank. There was no information about those places where now if you go and look after the, you know, almost 3,000 volunteers have made almost 13 million edits. Have you, if you've looked at that, what the volunteers have been able to do, they've built out the fabric of these cities and they've built out every, every building and every road and every stream and every land cover. All of that important sort of information that allows you to get 
an understanding of the geographic place that allows us to sort of fight Ebola a little bit better so that we see towns that we didn't know existed two weeks ago so we can see their name on a map so that when somebody wanders in from a town to an Ebola treatment center and says, I'm from Borio, we know where Borio is, um, where two weeks ago we didn't know where it was. So, Dave, um, for, from your perspective, looking on Google Maps, as, as entertaining as that can be, is actually more of a track of map literacy around the world than it is an actual map of the world. I mean, you, 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 you can look at these blank places and think you're looking at something that's a map, but actually it's mostly a sign that, uh, you know, modernism hasn't even reached that part of the world. How frustrating is that for you to look at if you scan Google Maps? Well, I th- I think I just accept Google Maps for what they are, and they're they're geared for people with money in their pocket to, <laughs> who are traveling or, you know, looking for real estate or something like that. And I'm I'm I guess frustrated at times with with uh, maps of that genre because I like to stray outside of the places that have shopping malls, <laughs> things, and and uh, and their coverage really drops off r- rapidly. You claim that uh, the lack of maps in the United States has made us geographically illiterate. Um, What would you do to correct that? I think that if every social studies classroom in the United States had maps that were expressions of basic geography, maps that, that made geography observable and accessible to students, that we would develop into a country who... Uh, a country where people are aware of geography and their surroundings and where things are relative to each other. And and once we get a handle on what the geography of our own country is, then perhaps, perhaps we'll become more interested in what other people are doing around the world. So is there a national pride element, Dale, to the development, to the investment that's required to make the kind of maps that Dave makes for a country like uh, Kenya or uh, or uh, you know Eritrea or Mali that that doesn't have any of this data uh, set down anywhere. If you could distribute maps of the place where people are, does it have a a psychological effect on the entire country? I think it has a huge psychological effect. And you know the the, the program, the project that the the Red Cross has has started um, with Medicine Sans Frontiers and British Red Cross and and humanitarian open street map team called Missing Maps, is the idea that we want to instill that pride. We want to be able to um, get the community to sort of build the map themselves so that the data is free and open for anyone to use so that if there's a Dave in in Eritrea, that, that Dave from Eritrea can make a beautiful Eritrea map. That if local community members want to advocate on behalf of, of wanting more schools or a new evacuation uh, center or whatever it may be, that they have the information there that they can sort of be more aware of their own geography or in their own context so that they can advocate for themselves and sort of in partnership with the Red Cross. To deal with some of the poverty problems, though, and the development problems that exist in some of the places that you're thinking about, do we need somebody who maybe works a little faster than Dave? We need, we need thousands upon thousands of Daves. And that's where, you know, we do a lot of crowdsourcing and we do a lot of you know, to be able to create that data. We're not in the places where we work. It's not as data rich as the United States. There is not a, a diennial census in most of the African countries. You know, some of the uh, last censuses that were done in, in, in Africa were, you know, 
in the 1960s, the 1950s. Wow. So, I mean, so, you know, we end up doing for, for like Ebola, we want to know how, how many people live in a town. We have to map every building and then we make assumptions that, you know, maybe there's going to be three people in this town or four or four people per household in this town. So we know a basic population count because there is no census. There is no census tract. There is no census block group. That data just doesn't exist. Dave, how uh, trustworthy do you think crowdsourcing is in developing the data to be, even begin this process of making rudimentary maps where none exist? I think it's a it's a highly appropriate way to do it because there, you're uh, you're gaining data from on the ground observation, which I think is infinitely more reliable than remotely sensed things or you know a geographer, somebody in Europe or the United States making a a map of a place in Africa where they've never been <laughs> has no chance of of reflecting reality as accurately as a, a map that has been produced from data that was crowdsourced. Dave Imus is credited with creating the greatest U.S. map ever made there in uh, Eugene, Oregon, a real tangible map that has nothing to do with uh, Google. Dave, thanks for doing that, by the way. Hey, thanks, John. And Dale Koontz is uh, working to fill in the blanks in the data-starved areas of the world. He's a senior geospatial engineer at the American Red Cross and is so uh, is the US lead for the missing maps project Dale thanks for being with us thank you I'm for getting rid of map inequality. That's right. How about you? What's your suggestion for dealing with the growing problem of income inequality around the world? My name is Justin from Gene, Oregon. I used to have the American dream, a wonderful income, 401k, profit sharing, benefits, healthcare, a beautiful home. Now, well now I work part-time minimum wage job. I do odd jobs and I ride a bicycle year round. I've never felt so depressed in all my life. And I'm thankful for what I have, but as far as bridging the gap between the rich and the poor goes, they'll have to die and leave us their money. That's all I can think of. I give anything for someone to see worth in me and give me a hand up, but I don't see that ever happening in this new gilded age. Oh man, Justin, I want to send you a turkey or something for the holidays. Lloyd writes on our website, when the 99% take out and use their pitchforks, they won't be killing the real culprits. The 1% hasn't caused the income inequality. They're just a convenient and easy scapegoat. Blame the rich fat cats. The actual cause is complex globalization, mechanization, federal policy, and more. Join the conversation. Be a part of this program. Check us out at thetakeaway.org or call 877-8-MY-TAKE. Thanks so much for listening. I'm John Hockenberry. This is The Takeaway. The Takeaway.